everybody. Welcome into the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast with Brett Martineau and Dan Hicken. And wow, do we have a lot to talk about, including a coaching change in Gainesville, in addition to a Jaguars defense. The trade deadline was wacky <laughs> in, in the NFL. And uh, let's begin with college football, of course, because the Gators make the big move. And Randy Shannon's the interim coach. And now the search is on, Dan, for the next head coach at the University of Florida. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what direction Scott Strickland wants to go and the names you will hear. And keeping in mind, it's very early in the search. One of the names that I keep hearing over and over again is Willie Taggart from Oregon. That's a name I would definitely keep an eye on. Obviously, Scott Frost is a guy we're going to watch. And Dan Mullen with connections to Strickland and the university will be another name that you want to uh, also pay attention to. But Strickland was very telling in his press conference, I thought, the other night. He wants football to be fun again when watching from and – he, and he got that right, by the way. One thing about Florida, Florida has been successful. Spurrier, Meyer, offensive innovators, spread it out, use that Florida speed that you can recruit in this state and win offensively, and that's, that's what they've done when they've been their best. I want to go backwards on McIlwain in just a moment, but let's stay on the coaching search since we're hot on it and everybody's looking into it. And uh, let's timetable is going to be sometime in early December, it looks like. They would like to get it done uh, in time for early signing day on December 20th. That would make a lot of sense and, and beat everybody to the punch. Nobody expected the Gator job to be open no. ahead of everybody else in college football. But now it's an advantage because you are the first one that has a job opening. So let's begin with Frost because he looks like the guy they would throw a parade for in Gainesville if they got uh, – it's definitely the hot name. But give us the chances. What do you think the chance? We know what it comes down to. Yeah. It could be Florida. It could be Nebraska because that's his home. What do you think? I think that if Florida wants him, he would want Florida. Do that's you? what I think. I, I, it was interesting. I, I put out on Twitter today, you know, who do you want? And I gave him – obviously, you can't give too many choices on Twitter. Yeah. So, I thought other would win. <laughs> and other didn't win. Frost right now with more than 600 votes – 55% of the vote. Wow. So I think he's the hot guy with Gator Nation. Mullen only had about 17% of the vote. Mike Norvell, I think it is. I'm yep. not sure. Norvell, Norvell from Memphis. Norvell. Uh, about 5% of the vote. Um, and then other, like 20%. So it's interesting to me. I think that he's not endeared to Nebraska. He doesn't feel that calling to go home. He started at Stanford He when he was a player. He went to Nebraska. Osborne loved him, but he followed Tommy Frazier. He followed the greatest player in Nebraska history. And I think even though he won a national title, they shared a national championship in 1997, I think that he was never 100% sold. And as a coach, I think he knows that his offense will work better at a place like Florida where he can get speed than a place like Nebraska where it would be a struggle to recruit that. Well, let's just do it the other way around. Since we're all wondering and trying to uh, do the odds on who the, mm -hmm. the Gators might get, he's probably doing the same thing comparing the two schools. And right now, Nebraska is not a good job. Right. It's really not. I don't care where your heart is. It's just not a, nearly as good of a job as Florida. So he'd be in a better situation. He's already set the recruiting ground here with UCF. Sure. He's done a fantastic job there. So uh, I think they would throw a parade for Scott Frost. I think it's a young guy. Image-wise, I think it looks cool. Mm -hmm. You talk about fun. I think all those things kind of matter because McIlwain wasn't cool. There no. was something disconnected there, something disjointed. I think this would fit all the different scenarios. Keep in mind, his pedigree is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy 
you know, you mentioned Osborne, but Belichick is in there. Uh, you know, he obviously was under Chip Kelly in Oregon. I mean, the names are, are ridiculous at who – I think it was uh, Walsh, right? Um, not Walsh. Uh, go back um, – At Stanford? Yeah, who was at Stanford? I don't know, but the names are unbelievable. Yeah. It's still his Danny pedigree. Green, I don't know who Yeah, was. his pedigree is amazing. Yeah. I mean, really, the people that have tutored him as a player and as a coach, uh-huh. it's really impressive. Tough to beat. I think the question with him is, is he ready for this job? And I think that's what – Florida needs to figure out. And again, yeah, only 20 games has a head coach yeah. at and this again, level. And you have to find, he may not be the popular choice. He, really, I think, and we talked a little bit about this, Brent, he has to be the right pick. He, you can't put a square peg in a round hole. You have to understand what Florida is about. You have to be able to work with Scott Strickland. You have to understand the culture in Gainesville as far as the coaches. That's something that McElwain never really quite got, I don't think. so. Um, but I think he would be, I think the safe pick is Mullen. Um, you know, I think he's the safe pick. Strickland knows him. You wouldn't be he develops quarterbacks. He's won some at Mississippi State, which is, you know, saying something. Um, he's got him in a bowl game every year. I think he's the safe pick. There are a bunch of other guys, though. I would I hope they do their due diligence on. Love the Iowa State guy. Yeah, Matt Campbell. I love the guy at Syracuse. I'm okay. very intrigued by him. Don't the, hear his name much. No, but I'm very intrigued by him and I would That's Dino Babers. Yeah, definitely talk. Because when you want to put the fun in football, they run 90 plays a game. Yeah. They go, 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 go. So that's somebody I would definitely check into. So there's a lot of different guys out there, but you got to find the right fit. You're just trying to grow the Syracuse alumni base down here in Northeast Florida or, or in Florida, aren't you? With Coughlin, Marone. And by the way, uh, so going back, he played for Walsh, Osborne, Parcells, Belichick, Gruden. Okay? Ooh. Played for those guys, and he coached under – uh, Frank Solich, Ron Prince, uh, Chip Kelly, yeah. and Helfrich, of course, uh, at Oregon as well. So um, it's pretty impressive line. We'll see what happens. I think, too, the kids relate. This is a guy who's in great shape. Yeah. He's 40 years old. Yeah. They're getting ready for Navy. He decides he's going to be the uh, scout team quarterback to show them how to stop yeah. the option. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool stuff. Again, fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fun and cool. Uh, let me, let's, let's finish up with this on, on the coaching search part. Uh, one, uh, would you be okay with Chip Kelly? Would I be okay? Yeah. 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 I, I think, um, you know, go look at his record at Oregon. That's all you need. I think he lost three conference games in four years. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's tremendous. You're not going to lose much with Chip Kelly. No. And you're going to score a lot of points. Yes. You know that. Yes. How big can you win? I don't know. Uh, well, but it seems like you'd listen, be able you got to remember one thing. These offensive-minded coaches, you know, they'll go beat up the average teams and hang 50 on them. When they play in the big games, they're not going to score 50. But – they still might win. Yeah. You know, Spurrier didn't, you know, when he won national title. Now, he did get 52 on FSU that particular night. But most of the big games, you're not, he's not hanging 50 on teams. Yeah, yeah, you're in the middle. Urban Meyer, same thing. So, you know, but, yeah, I'd be fine with Chip Kelly. Um, Mullen, obviously, is a, is a choice that people are saying. Why isn't Stoops getting any love? You think he just doesn't want to. I think wanna, they know that he's not interested. He just doesn't want to coach. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and he is 56. His or father 57, passed now. away. At this age. And I think there's something that he just wants to spend time away from that stress environment. And by the way, we know one thing about Florida. It's a high-stress environment. It's a high-stress environment. <laughs> I respect that about Stoops, by the way. Yeah. I, that's okay. Yeah. He's made a ton of money. Yeah. He's had a ton of success. Yeah. If I'm 57 years old and I've done what Bob Stoops has done, 
I'm at the beach or at the golf course, and I don't mind being yeah. there. Um, uh, although I'm sure it gets boring for everyone, I'm, I still respect that he can do that. Uh, all right, last one on the coaching search. Mm-hmm. Uh, the out of left field pick because everybody's obviously we're hot on Taggart right. and and uh, Frost and we got Chip Kelly in the mix and we got Dan Mullen in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you did kind of say Dino Babers is somebody nobody's talking yeah. about. Yeah, uh, that would be an interesting one. That's probably the the Tebow's left field plus thirty thousand by the way in Vegas. He's on the board though. Tebow's on the board. <laughs> Tebow's on the board. That's funny. Urban's uh, on the board too. He's coming back. Tebow's a a longer <laughs> shot than Urban. <laughs> In case you're wondering. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Um, but I guess the the Norvell name, yeah. uh, does Fuente at Virginia Tech, yeah. where's he on the board? Uh, he wasn't on the board. Really? Which was very surprising. Now, he's making good money at Vatech. Yeah. Tough one to get out of there. And probably, um, yeah, it's, I think your best Vegas bet would be Taggart because he's plus 800. And that's a pretty solid bet. Taggart's only been at Oregon one year, though. Dangerous. Dangerous move in the profession family uh mom lives here i think his From dad Bradenton. recently passed away um low buyout at oregon surprisingly low buyout so keep that in mind too for a school that may be a little bit cash strapped yeah and paying he built, out all these coaches he built south florida to what charlie strong's he made western kentucky a, a, he built a foundation at these programs that seemingly will last um i'm okay with willie taggart yeah. i'll be okay with him safest bet charlie strong safest yeah I, not bet. I mean, not not Vegas bet. But I mean, would it be a safe hire? I think the safest hire is Mullen. Okay. I think Charlie Strong. I'm a little hesitant of because of whatever went wrong. It did go wrong at Texas. I don't think Charlie Strong's a slam dunk to win. And the other thing about Charlie is a little bit prickly. You know, do you want another one of those guys? You just had McIlwain. You know, I, so I don't think Charlie Strong's going to get the job. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, uh, I'm just curious where they land yeah. if they don't get their guy. That's amazing. We've guy. named so many. Na- we could name honestly. You could name 20 guys. Oh yeah. I don't think it's a slam dunk. Any like the last time around, I think you had about four or five names, and McElwain was on it pretty early. Yeah, it was. Um, they targeted early. I think there's 20 guys this time. By, you- by the way, Strickland's list isn't 20. Strickland's That's list true. is about three. That's true. And uh, he knows who he wants. Yeah, but when we're trying to guess. You could you come around 20. All right. Uh, I thought it was a great moment by, for Scott Strickland. You were there in Gainesville on Sunday. It's kind of his coming out party, if, yeah. if you will. I, mean, I know not under those circumstances, but now he'll make this big hire. He didn't hire Mullen at Mississippi State. No. So this is a big moment for him, and I thought he did a nice job. He got off to a little slow start. You could tell he was a little nervous. But uh, I think uh, Florida's in good hands with Strickland. It was a, good, around- a tough decision to do this to McIlwain, and he did it. He said, yeah. you know what, I'm not waiting. Yeah. Bam, we're doing it. Yeah, and he's been around the SEC a long time. Um, he understands how it works, and he left his he left a comfort zone at his alma mater to come to Florida. So he wants to be there, and he wants to, you know, have success. Last one, uh, McElwain. We know what happened. We don't have to recite everything right. that happened. Uh, he's out for a variety of reasons: um, offense on the field, and then the off the field stuff, the death threats, the this, the that, the the. The prickly relationship with the administration, we think. That's our new word, uh, by the way. Prickly. Yeah, I guess so. We just said it twice like in that. about two minutes. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> I think it will go down as one of the most bizarre things, though, we've seen yeah. uh, in coaching, uh, at least that we're close to. I'm sure there are other ones, but that we've covered. This That was weird. It was fast. For a week. And it was final. It was weird for a week. And I honestly believe that he is happy as can be about not I agree. being there. I agree. I think he's relieved. I think he's ready to get out of there. I think he maybe wants to decompress, go to Montana, do whatever. 
he just never bought into that Gator family, man. He never did. It's, it, it was weird. It was weird from that Monday, uh, a week ago Monday, when he offered up the death threat thing. Uh, no one thought he was on his way out. All of a sudden, that happened, and everybody's like, whoa. He made the his bosses look bad, and they had to react, and they did. And they kind of let people know that they weren't happy with him oh, yeah. by the wording of bit. their release. And it just kept building and building, and they'd had enough. And I believe he would have been fired regardless of the outcome of the Georgia game unless maybe he had pulled a major shocking upset. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, just uh, one last thought on that. Take people back to that Hail Mary win over Tennessee. Right. Felipe Franks, a fantastic moment. Yep. It'll be remembered for a long time. Great play. The heave Place to was cleave, going, as you the dubbed heave it. The to cleave. It was going nuts. Yep. I've never seen a guy look so sober in a – News conference after a win like that. That's a good point. That's where Remember it started to get about really that? weird. Yeah. It was weird a month ago. Remember we said, "Gosh, if you can't enjoy the wins, Absol- what are you, what are you doing?" Yeah, you know. I, I think it was then that I realized I don't think he likes it there. Yeah, you know? I agree. And That's uh, a good so, point. Anyway, Jim McElwain, he's 55. I'm not sure he gets another gig. We'll see. I'm sure he does if he wants one. I think he can go to. He's tarnished a little bit. Yeah, but I think he can go to Oregon State Absolutely. or a program like that. And be very happy winning six or seven games. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Or there. he goes and quarterback coaches somewhere. I mean, he knows football. Yes, he does. He's a good football. Won guy. a lot of games. I'll never understand why the <laughs> offense didn't work. Yeah, me either. But it was horrible, man. Uh, I mean, horrible. It was bad. His last game, his quarterback threw for thirty yards on seven completions. Unbelievable. In nineteen attempts. Horrible. It was uh, pathetic. <laughs> yeah. As you like to say. Um all right, uh listen, we could talk a lot more college football, but let's move on. Florida State's a mess. Uh, we yeah. all know that Miami's riding high. Like Randy Sanders will be leaving FSU. So yeah, and he won't be alone, I don't exodus think. Exodus of the assistants will begin. That will happen. Now let's talk Jags real quick. Hey we got an exciting week around here. Yeah man. Uh, Jags coming off the bye. They feel good about themselves. They add Marcel Darius. This defense could be absolutely dominant the last nine games, and it already feels like it has been. And listen, when you see words, and not by us, but when you see national media guys attach Super Bowl-like defense uh, to that unit, that gets you excited, man. And look, they're on pace to have, what, 75 sacks in a season. Uh, Who knows if they'll get there, but my gosh, Calais Campbell – uh, Jalen Ramsey today on ESPN was named the midseason defensive player of the year, and Calais Campbell's right behind him. So it's been uh, they've been terrific, and that unit can carry you. I mean, again, go back. I, I don't want to put them in the Super Bowl. They're four and three. I get it, but go back to Seattle, Denver. Nobody could stop Peyton Manning and that high flying Broncos offense when he was at his best, throwing fifty five touchdowns. Seattle absolutely waxed them with their defense. Yep. Waxed them. 43 to 8, I think yeah, it was. Very good. Defenses win championships. So I think it's terrific. I think I love what they've done. Um, and most importantly, they're not the Browns. <laughs> the Browns, who on at the trade deadline could have had McCarron and messed it up. Unbelievable. They're I can't saying believe that, that maybe. <laughs> They forgot to phone it in. No, they did, and apparently they were celebrating. That's why they didn't phone it in. I'm not sure I believe that, but oh, my gosh. It might be a little hyperbole there. Oh, my uh, goodness. uh, Okay, Uh, real quick on this game. Cincinnati comes to town. Physical team. It's not easy. This isn't the Cincinnati team that started uh, 0-2. No. They're different. They've gotten a little better, and they're dangerous because of Dalton, and they have some talent uh, for sure. Um, 
It's going to be a physical game, but I like what the Jags have offensively. We talk about their defense. Adam Darius mm-hmm. solidifies their run defense, which was a weakness, but they get Linder back, they get Fournette back, and they should activate Westbrook. We'll see if it happens. But offense got better during the bye week. But here's what they're saying in Cincinnati. This is it. We've scratched and clawed, but we're 3-4. and four. We must win this game and be 4-4. Four four. I think they have three straight road games coming up, and one of them's in Denver. I forget where the other one is. I think they're saying, hey, we have got to get to 500 here. If we do, we're okay. But if we don't, we're dead. And it's time right now to get this victory. I'm sure that's their attitude. But I agree with you. The Jags are a better football team, and they should be able to control the game with their defense. Uh, the, The key thing with the Bengals is losing those tackles, man. And that should set up for another Saxonville-type day. Yeah, Pittsburgh dominated that offensive yeah. line, I think, uh, a week ago um, this past Sunday. Not this past Sunday, but two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy they barely Garoppolo. beat the Colts. Yeah, they did. Yeah. At home. Yeah. And we know all the Colts aren't good. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo traded for a second-round yeah. pick, Dan. That is it. Uh, if you had told anybody in the league, I think, really, but anybody at Jags headquarters that in late August yeah, or maybe even a few months earlier – I got to believe they would have pulled the trigger on that. But now in season, it's a lot harder. It is. And listen, again, um, we say second round pick. That's from San Francisco, who's 0 8. Yeah, so it'll be like 33 or 34. When the Patriots win the Super Bowl, they'll have 32 and 33. They'll package those two, trade back up, and get a quarterback that they want. Or, uh, and so we'll we'll see. But the point is because everybody, why did the Jags give up a second round pick? Maybe they offered. Guess what? I don't believe they did. But I okay. don't either. But guess what? <laughs> Even if they did, they would have got turned down. They would have had to give up a first-round pick. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they wanted to do that. And I'll just share my thoughts, and, and I think you have a thought on this too But before we wrap up. But mm-hmm. I don't think at 4-3 and three and in first place in the division, this is the time you make that trade. Right. For a guy that's unknown. Now, it's not like you're bringing Alex Smith in yeah. or Kirk Cousins, who you've seen the resume of. Yeah. Uh, you're bringing a guy in who you still really don't know is a very good football player. You think, you hope, the Patriots thought so, but you upset a locker room potentially. You create distractions. You create a story that doesn't need to be there. And by the way, Blake Bortles is coming off one of his better games of his career and maybe can get a little momentum going. So I don't think it was the right time, even if it would have cost the Jags a pick that you thought you would give up. I call it the Rob Johnson syndrome, Brent. And Rob Johnson, uh, for those who don't remember, was a quarterback here. He played one game. I had to start when Brunel was hurt. He was brilliant. It was against the Baltimore Ravens. Threw for like 280, ran for – I mean, he was unbelievable. Bills turn around, trade a first and a fourth for him. We get Fred Taylor. We go on, you know. Uh, Rob Johnson ends up losing his job to Doug Flutie or gets his job back from Doug Flutie or can't beat out Doug Flutie and never really develops into much. Um you got a very small sample size on Jimmy Garoppolo. He looks the part, but he didn't make it through four games. Mm-hmm. All he had to do was make it through four games. He made it through Goodness. two before he got hurt. So keep that in mind. And that's a big deal. In the For NFL. whatever reason, the great ones always play every Sunday. Every Sunday. And I will say that about Blake Bortles. Yeah, he's not a great one, but he does play every Sunday. (laughs) He does do that. Hey, all right, we can't wait. A little Jags fever in town, of course. So much more to come throughout the week. We'll see you at the bank on Sunday, everybody. That's the Action Sports Jags Pile On Podcast with Brent and Dan. Have a good week.